the value of enterprise XR. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Amy Peck, founder and CEO of Endeavor VR. Welcome, Amy. Thanks so much, Tanya. Tell us about Endeavor VR and tell us about your spatial computing background, if you will. Yeah, so I started Endeavor VR in 2015 because I recognized that there was a real need in, uh, especially industry and enterprise, uh, to really understand spatial computing. And then it was more VR focused. Uh, and since, you know, since our early days, we've got specialties now in AR and VR, as well as AI and blockchain. But you know, I saw the value immediately in how enterprises could leverage VR, especially around training, because the military has been, you know, doing training uh, in simulations and virtual environments for decades. So there's, you know, very clear data and ROI. Uh, and since then, we've really been looking at moving it just from training across multiple business units. So my belief is that there's you know, no company on the planet that cannot improve process or training or even uh, you know, engage customers in a unique way using spatial computing. When we talk about XR in the enterprise, what kind of data forms the foundation of an XR initiative? You know, that's a great question. It, it's, it's, a, it's a complex mesh. So one of the things that we do as a company and as consultants is, is I learned this the hard way, that the first thing that we need to do is not just do the discovery week and scoping, but we have to engage with C-suite because nobody knows businesses better and the nuances of, of businesses you know, like the executives. And so what we do is we get as many of the C-suite and stakeholders in a room as possible. We tell them just generally about spatial computing. Then the most important component is to put them in headsets and in the AR glasses. And then we break everybody into groups and we do sort of a, a mini design thinking exercise. What that does is it's interesting too, because we usually have three groups and almost every time all three groups really get to the same point. But what we do is we assess all of the ways in which they believe now that they have an understanding that immersive technology can be used, then we prioritized based on where, you know, our, you know, our combined experience where we understand they're going to get the best ROI. So while they, they may also land on, let's say, a consumer facing initiative, we have to be very clear that that is something that's a much longer play, whereas they also have a training initiative or maybe they have remote design teams that that's where we're really going to be able to measure ROI. And we always recommend stacking the ROI with those early POCs because it's going to be very difficult to get additional funding internally uh, if we don't have early wins. And so it's really just sort of ranking the company imperatives around where we know we're, they're going to get the best return on investment. How do we curate and organize the data? Do we need data scientists or can engineers and other business professionals handle the task? You know, it's, it's, it's typically, you know, there's some machine learning elements. So we, we gain so much data in these virtual environments. So especially around training, there's, there's two paths. So we're using, you know, XAPI and SCORM data for education. 
And a lot of those data points, we simply can push through the existing LMS mechanism. But a lot of this uh, you know, very unwieldy, uh, unstructured data and the eye tracking data, that is, is not suitable to go through uh, you know, any kind of an LMS system or some of the existing ERPs. So there are companies that can help parse that data. Uh, and it really depends on, on how deeply the, the company has and, what, and you know, what sort of fluency they have in terms of their own data science capabilities. A lot of companies don't have dedicated uh, science teams. They're using analytics companies, outside analytics companies. So in that case, we would recommend one of the companies we work with, uh, Cognitive 3D is, is one of our partners. They're phenomenal. Uh, so they can measure eye tracking, they can measure efficacy. Uh, and the other piece is also just working with the development teams, because on the front end, there's a lot that we can do uh, just by virtue of how we push someone through an experience that we can measure exactly how well they did just by looking at the movement data and eye tracking and heat maps and so forth. How does the data importance issue compare to problem solutions and user experience? It's, you know, it's critical user experience. The challenge we have now is we just, we really haven't had enough users go through in aggregate uh, a lot of these experiences. And so we're finding that you know, individual companies are using some, you know, mostly bespoke software, some off the shelf. Uh, and if they're doing testing, they're doing it with their own data sets and they're not really deployed broadly. You know, a, a, bit, a, a huge deployment in VR might be 10,000 units right now. So when you compare that with, mobile devices and laptops, it's, a, it's really a statistically small number. Uh, so where I think we're going to start to hit uh, an understanding of how we can leverage the user data, because you know, I love that point you made, it's incredibly important for us to start using that data to make those experiences more user-friendly. And what are those natural interactions? Uh, but we need to start having it become a much more, uh, you know, much more ubiquitous in companies where companies aren't so secretive about what they're doing. And they're using more and more off the shelf software where that software company may have access to some blind interaction data in order to be able to improve the software and the user experience. What recommendations can you offer related to data when an enterprise contemplates a spatial computing initiative? Well, I think they should look at data in, again, in two buckets. One is uh, the data that we're pulling from these virtual environments. And my recommendation, as expensive as it is, is record and hold everything because the analytics piece is only going to improve. And as we get more and more data and as more and more data becomes public, that data that they have recorded and maybe not parsed and is just being stored somewhere may be very relevant in the future. The second piece is that in virtual environments, both in AR and VR, data analytics in a 3D environment is a, for me, is a, is a wide open playing field. And right now we are, we're looking at data in somewhat 2D constructs in these 3D environments, and we haven't quite landed on the vernacular that will allow us to make uh, you know, truly uh, sort of valid assessments leveraging data, but being able to parse massive amounts of data in 3D environments with different types of representations. I mean, you can go into a virtual environment, you can literally work with massive data sets from the inside out leveraging the Z axis. And I think we've barely scratched the surface of what the opportunity is there 
uh, for you know, working with data in virtual environments. Amy Peck, founder and CEO of Endeavor VR. Thanks for joining us, Amy. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about the work that you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah, please find me on LinkedIn or, uh, of course, on Twitter uh, at virtualgirlny. And um, thank you so much, Tanya, for having me today. Of course. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.